is Palm Sunday. It is uh, the marking, beginning of the Holy Week, the final days of Jesus Christ's life here on earth. And he comes riding into town on a donkey, and it's a joyous occasion. People have palm branches, and they're shouting, Hosanna. And the week started on a good note, but, it, but the uh, uh, week as it grew, more and more affliction came upon him as time drew near. And in Psalm 119.71, it says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. He's connecting affliction with learning. He said, It was good for me. No, I didn't like it. Anybody ever been there? But it was good for me. Exodus 1, verse 11 through 12 says, Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities in Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. This morning, I want to preach on dear trouble. Thank you. Trouble, thank you. Come on this morning. Somebody ought to go ahead and tell the, and tell the Lord thank you today. Thank you for being with me. And now somebody should go ahead and tell your trouble thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Devil, I know you thought you had me. Devil, I know you thought you were going to kill me. Devil, I know you thought you were going to destroy me. But all I can say today is thank you. Come on this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell them. Say, tell your trouble, thank you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, tell your trouble, thank you. Lord, I love you this morning and I'm so thankful that your presence is here. Right now, Lord, we continue in your presence. Lord, I pray that right now the words go forth and falls on the ears of people who are ready to receive. And may it take root in our souls this morning. And may it be like fire in our bones today. And we will give you all the honor and all of the glory and all of the praise. <clears throat> and the church said amen. Amen. Can anyone testify this morning <clears throat> that God still takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for good. He's still doing it. Does anybody agree with me this morning? God is still in that business of taking what the devil meant to harm you and turning it to prosper you. He is still reversing Satan's plan. I know this to be true. I've witnessed it. I've experienced this time after time, firsthand experience. And I know you've heard me say it before, but Satan has no new plans. Everything that Satan has, we've already seen it. His tactics are the same. He has no new tricks up his sleeve, if you will. He still doesn't get it that when troubles arise, our God never panics. Our God is never nervous. Our God never has an anxiety attack. Our God never needs a cigarette or a smoke break to calm his nerves. Or vaping, whatever's cool these days.
But instead, there are times that God will allow these troubles because at the end, he will use it for his personal glory. If we are honest this morning, trouble is one of God's greatest teachers. God will use trouble to show us who he is and who we are not. Amen? And to those that are of the faith this morning, so often we look at trouble and we see darkness. We see like this, this, this is going to be the death of me. But to those who are in the faith, the bride of Christ, the church, trouble is not your funeral home. It is your classroom. And in other words, you're not going to die in these troubles today, but, but you are being prepared for your next. You're being prepared and educated on how to defeat the devil. And in Exodus this morning, it said, therefore, they said, taskmasters after them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh's supply cities. But the more they afflicted them, the more they actually multiplied and grew. And it said, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. Is there anyone in this house this morning that in the middle of your troubles, you want to grow to such a degree that when the enemy looks at you, they dread you? Go ahead, I felt it. Going through something in the back, come on. Anybody else that said, you know what? Whenever I'm going through trouble, I want to grow in such a way that the enemy looks at me and dreads seeing my face. At this moment in history, Israel is facing an immeasurable amount of trouble. They are facing darkness and great tribulation uh, like they had never faced. Trouble, it felt like, was coming from every side. And they are literally being persecuted by the Egyptians. Life was coming, uh, becoming unbearable. Have you ever been in a rough season and just felt like, praise the Lord, this has to be it because it can't get any worse than this. Anybody ever been there? But then you turn the page and it got worse than it was the day before. Israel was in one of those seasons. They were thinking, and surely today is the day. It can't get any worse than this. But the Bible goes on and calls these troubles, not just troubles, but affliction. <laughs> affliction is more than just a problem. Affliction in the Hebrew text means persistent pain, distress, great suffering, to be cast down, to be depressed, to be torn down, to be torn apart is the definition in the Hebrew. These words that I just read to you, they were describing the Jews in the moment. They are depressed. They are being cast down. They are in mental and physical and spiritual pain. They are being humiliated among their own people and of those people that are looking at them. And it is a rough situation when you find yourself with people that have a hell-inspired agenda against your life. Have you ever been around people that you felt had a hell-inspired agenda against you. 
You must not be living if not. The truth is that some people just cannot be happy for other people. If others are successful, there are some people that just cannot be happy for those people who are successful. But it's really tough when these people that we're talking about this morning, it's really tough when they are in your life as leaders over you. These people that were the root of the affliction had authority in their lives and the Egyptians began to be threatened by the success and the growth of this Jewish nation. And what looked like progress to the Jews became a threat to the Egyptians. And so often one of the worst things that we can experience in life is when those that are above us, those that have authority over us, those that should be lifting us up, all of a sudden began to tear us down. And we could go around this very room this morning and I could hear stories and testimonies of people in this very room. You say, I trusted them. I thought they were for me but somehow they began to tear us down people that were supposed to be there for us but took advantage of us people that were supposed to love us but instead they abused us people that were supposed to be building us up but instead they somehow mishandled us and so often it's these people that I'm talking about the people that have been in intense battle the people that have suffered some tough affliction it is often those people that in a room like this they are praising the loudest they are dancing the most vibrant because you want to know why they have made it through some affliction they have made it through some battles anybody in the room said I have made it through some stuff in my life don't be judging my worship because you don't know what I've been through and this room is full of people that have been through afflictions you may cannot tell it just by looking. But it's because of Jesus that we do not look like what we've been through. Aren't you thankful? You don't look like the week you just came out of. Look at your neighbor and say, he's still working on you. Aren't you thankful that we don't look? It's because of Jesus that we do not look like what we've been through this morning. Somebody should praise the Lord that you do not look like what you've been through. If it were not for Jesus, we'd be looking really rough today. But I thank God that I do not look like what I've been through. You do not look like defeat. You do not look depressed this morning. You do not look like abuse. You do not look like like divorce you do not look like you've been run through a ringer but no it's because of Jesus you look like victory this morning get this the Bible says that the more they were afflicted the more they multiplied and the more they grew I love that verse they were not defeated by trouble. They were empowered by it. They were not fragmented by affliction. They were united by affliction. They were not divided by the persecution, but instead they let the persecution actually multiply them. And the word says that as the affliction increased, they were multiplied. Somebody say multiplied. 
I don't know about you, but I was reading this this week, and I am believing that we are in a season of multiplication at Legacy Church. I said, I am believing that we are in a season of multiplication at Legacy Church. I'm going to say it until 50 people agree with me. I'm believing that we are in a season of multiplication, not division, not subtraction, not addition, but multiplication in the spirit and legacy church. See, man only adds, God multiplies. Man will add one here, one there, piece by piece, but God comes in and he multiplies it. He took the fish and he multiplied it. He took the bread and he multiplied it. He's not just a provider, he's a multiplier. Multiply means to increase. In the Bible it means to become greater than you were. To become much. Anybody in here? Somebody's ever told you you're a little much? <laughs> Some of y'all lying. <laughs> you're just a little much. Something about you today, it's a little much. Get back to your cubicle. You're a little much today. But listen, there will be times when you're much from God is too much for people. Because let me tell you something. People that have never seen and been in the much of God cannot understand how you can be walking through this thing called life in this season and you've got joy all over your face. They're like, how do you do it? People that do not know the much of God, when they look at you and you just and you just went through a season of hell. They do not understand how you can still look like heaven although you just walked through hell. Because sometimes your much from God is too much for others. See, when you've been through some things, when you've come out on the other side, when you've been through a fire and don't even smell like smoke, when you've been afflicted but yet did not die, when you've been afflicted but did not quit, when you've been afflicted but you came out on top of things, when you've been afflicted but you came out better than you started, you start worshiping a little different from everybody else. Your worship will be just a little much for some people. I don't know about you, but in this season of life, I'd rather somebody tell me I'm too much rather than them sit around and wonder if I've got any victory inside of me. I'd rather somebody talk about how much I am rather than give them a reason to think I've lost my joy, I've lost my peace, I've lost the comforter. This morning, I'm thankful that God is much. The word said, he is Jehovah. Jehovah doesn't mean the God that is enough. Jehovah means that God is more than, he's much I said, Jehovah doesn't mean he's just the Lord. He's enough. 
No, Jehovah means he is more than enough. Is there anybody alive this morning that is thankful that he's just not God? He's not just a God that is enough, but he is God that is more than enough this morning. Come on, praise the Lord with me that he's a much kind of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I am too much. Look back at him and say, I told you so. You are too much. Tell your neighbor, I'm in a much season. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm in a much season. I'm not talking about much drama. I'm not talking about much sickness. I'm not talking about much, much problems. No, I'm talking about I'm in a season about much of his goodness. I'm in a season. I want to see much of his goodness. The last three years of life have been historical. They have been filled with trouble, filled with affliction for so many people. And the trouble still continues in our nation as we are in literally unprecedented times. But listen, if we are not careful in moments such as these, we will allow the trouble that is around us to start influencing our lives. We will allow trouble to start controlling our emotions and conversations. And if we don't watch it, we will allow trouble to become our tormentor instead of our teacher. Trouble was meant to teach not torment. Mm. Satan wants to get in your head because if he ever gets in your head, he can shift your entire day. If he can ever get in your head, he can shift your entire house. If he ever gets in your head, he can shift your entire year. Anybody ever let him inside of your head and he shifted your, your week? I don't know about you, but I'm in a season where I refuse to give Satan space in my head. I'm in a season where I refuse to allow him to speak to me and me sit here and entertain the lies that he's speaking to me. I refuse to have more dialogue with Satan than I'm having with Jesus. Woo! Some of you talk more to Satan than you do to Jesus. Some of us listen more to Satan than we do to the Father. I refuse to allow him to make me anxious. I refuse to allow Satan to make me depressed. I will not allow what God intended to teach me to torment me. But how do you do that? First thing, you start speaking the word of God over your life. If you're not reading the word, get in his word. Find you 10 verses that you can put on some cards and you can memorize. If, you, if, if, if your memory is not sharp, put them on a piece of paper and read them out loud every single day. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to start speaking the word of the Lord over your 
life. Whenever he begins to afflict you, whenever what was meant to teach you actually begins to torment your life and your mind, you need to look at him and say, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. You need to remind yourself, greater is he that is within me than he that is in this world. You need to remind yourself, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. They may be formed, but they will not prosper. You need to remind yourself, I'm going to be blessed in the city. I'll be blessed in the field. I'll be blessed when I come and I'll be blessed when I go. You need to remind yourself that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. And before you know it, before we know it, we begin to feel like a weight has been lifted off of our shoulders. And before we know it, there there begins to be a pep back in our step. Why? Because I refuse to let what God meant to teach me torment me. And my God is a much kind of God. See, when affliction comes, you will learn some very important lessons. One, you will learn that people are not your source, but God is. You will learn really quick, people are not your source. God is your source. Is there anyone here that God's ever taken care of you? In the middle of affliction, you learn that God is your source. In the middle of pandemics, in the middle of times that feel uncertain, in the middle whenever it felt like everything was going wrong, smaller crowds, shutdowns happening everywhere just three years ago, God proved that he is still God. Whenever afflictions occurred, when drama begins to start in your life, you need to let the Lord know that you cannot do this on your own. He's waiting to hear you say the words, Lord, I need you. He is, he, is, he is waiting on you to say, Lord, I need you. The word says in Psalms 107, 6, it says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distresses. When I think about three years ago, it was Easter. We were having Palm Sunday and Easter online by myself in this church. And when I think back on the affliction of starting church back up after it and only having about 50 people in this room, and now I look back over all the time, and now there's over 302 in, 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 in two services, I'm reminded that God is my source. You've got to know that he is your source. Number two, you, whenever you're in the middle of affliction and trouble, you find out that quitting is not optional. Band, help me out this morning. We've been through a lot as a church in these four short years. But I've never thought about quitting. It wasn't easy, but quitting never crossed my mind. We were literally weeks away from turning one year old when COVID hit. We weren't even one year old yet. A lot of people were like, you might as well just shut the doors and hang up because you're not going to make it through this. And in that moment, 
we had to choose. Are we going to quit or are we going to fight? The only option for church was to go online, live stream. Guess what? We had no cameras to go online with. We had to choose. Are we going to quit or are we going to fight? The devil caused many to shut their doors. He caused a lot of churches to completely go away. They've never came back from it. He caused many to quit. But what he did not know is that Legacy Church had already made up her mind that we were going to fight and never quit. We had made up our mind that quitting was not an option. And if quitting is not an option, we shall see the victory. Aren't you thankful that you did not quit even when you felt like it? The devil came against health. He came against wealth. He came against unity in a nation. He, he came at us with political division. He was challenging our purposes, of our, 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 our morals and our values during this time. They were on trial. But I'm thankful that we, the church, did not quit. But we kept praying. We kept worshiping. We didn't quit. We kept giving. We didn't quit. We kept the faith. We did not quit, but we kept ministering like never before. Because when you do not quit, it, the only thing to see is victory. When affliction comes, one, you learn that people are not your source, but God is. Two, you learn that quitting is not optional. And three, you learn that your revenge on the enemy is your praise. Listen, we're about to sing some praise music. I want to end on a high note today. I want to praise the Lord. Listen, if you want to punch the devil in the face, if you want to slap him in his jaws, don't know what jaws are? If you want to wring his neck, when he is afflicting you, just start praising the Lord. If you want revenge on Satan, as soon as trials, temptation, and affliction comes knocking at your door, raise up your hands and just begin to praise the Lord. If you want, if, if, if you want to shut up the devil, Start praising the Lord. If you want to put the devil in his place, just start praising the Lord. Praise can turn an ordinary room into an upper room. I said praise can turn an ordinary room into an upper room. Praise verifies that I believe that God is working this out for my good. Praise also solidifies the battle is not mine. I know it's the Lord's. Praise will testify to the enemy. I will not be moved in this hour. You want revenge? Learn how to praise the Lord. You want a weapon? Learn how to praise the Lord when everybody else is quiet. You want a weapon that, 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 that the enemy looks at and cannot stand you? Learn how to praise in the middle of your hell. When you are walking through a valley, learn how to stand in your valley and say, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Anybody with me today? Come on, I want you to get up on your feet this morning.